Lack is not a part of your identity. God never intends for you to live in lack. Psalms 23 and 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. And I believe in this deeply. Sometimes not having enough is something that you experience, especially as you wait for your next best thing to come. However, lack doesn't represent even a fraction of God's plan for your life. And in this message, you'll find out why you should believe this too. And why you should never accept lack as a part of your identity. You are listening to the Smoking Prophet Podcast with your hosts Dante and Lola, who are here and ready to resource you spiritually, creatively, and socially so that you can live life and live life better. So that you can do life and do life better with inspiration that is actionable, kick back, and listen. Because your life is about to be transformed. So, yeah, I was doing a broadcast recently and someone asked a question, which was a really great question. Basically, the question was like, if you're in a place of lack, could God be allowing you to be there so that you can relate to the poor? The way I looked at it is like sometimes we accept the level of life that we're living at and we just say, oh, well, this is God's will and I have to deal with it. There are some things that we'll have to go through and we will have to experience. But if it's anything that is lack or below the level of life God created you for, it is not your identity. It may be a place that you're in, but it's not your identity. As I get ready to address this question, I'm just going to read this parable that God gave me. This is Luke chapter 15. And this is about the parable of the the prodigal son is what most of us remember the story being called. And you can find this in Luke chapter 15 verses 11 through a lot of verses, which I don't even know if I'm going to read all of this, to be honest with you. Isn't that terrible how I just said that? You all hear me turning my pages because I actually have my real Bible out today. Lately, my computer's been moving kind of slow. I need a new one. But anyways, let me go ahead and get into it. So when I was thinking about that question, like a week after someone had asked me and thinking about like what I really, really felt about it, the Lord brought this parable to mind. So this parable reads like this, and this is the passion translation of the Bible. So if you're driving, if you're somewhere, just go ahead and put your phone down. Just listen. Okay, thank you. So then Jesus said, once there was a father with two sons, the younger son came to his father and said, father, don't you think it's time to give me the share of your estate that belongs to me? So the father went ahead and distributed among the two sons their inheritance. Shortly afterward, the younger son packed up all his belongings and traveled off to see the world. He journeyed to a far off land where he soon wasted all he was given in a binge of extravagant and reckless living. By the way, sidebar, you guys, my son loves the passion translation of the Bible and he has actually confiscated this Bible to be his own and I was like sir this is not your Bible we gonna have to get you one but this is my passion translation okay back to what we're reading so the son at this point had left he had requested all of his inheritance from his dad one of the two sons and he had left and he had gone somewhere and he had wasted it away and extravagant and reckless living. With everything spent and nothing left, he grew hungry for there was a severe famine in the land. So he begged a farmer in the country to hire him. The farmer hired him and sent him out to feed the pig. The son was so famished, he was willing to even eat the slop given to the pig because no one would feed him a thing. Humiliated, the son finally realized what he was doing and he thought, 
There are many workers at my father's house who have all the food they want with plenty to spare. They lack nothing. They lack nothing. Why am I here dying of hunger, feeding these pigs and eating their slop? I want to go back home to my father's house. And I'll say to him, Father, I was wrong. I've sinned against you. I'll never be worthy to be called your son. Please, Father, just treat me like one of your employers. Now, a lot of times when people talk about this scripture, it's Luke chapter 15. They're talking about the redemptive nature of God, the restorative nature of God that no matter what, when we return to our father, when we come back into his arms, he is so ready to accept us. But what I want to help you guys to see today from reading this scripture is that the place of lack that this young man was in was never a part of his design. His father never intended for him to be in lack. His father intended for him to have. And the son, when he finally recognized, like, what am I doing eating the slop of pigs? He's like, let me go home. First of all, there is no lack at my father's home. You know, we have everything we need there. So let me just go back there. And maybe when I go there, I'll beg him to let me just work and I'll at least be taken care of and don't have to do this. So we know from this story, and if you don't know, I'm just going to share it with you. I'm not going to read all of it. The son goes back home. The son is readily accepted by his father. His father represents God's heart towards us, God's character, God's nature. And he goes back in and the seal of sonship is placed back on this child who left home with his inheritance, blew it, and was living in lack. So anytime we're in a position where we lack something that is good, where we lack something that we need, it's an opportunity for us to receive what we need from the Father and know that the place that we're in, it's just a place. It's never a part of our identity. That lack that that young man was in, eating from a trough with pigs, slaving, working, not having what he needed, was never part of his identity. He came from a home where there was no lack. He had what he needed. His father never intended for him to be like that. And even when we're in positions where we're living below the level of life that we're created for, God never intends for us to be there. You know, I'm even reminded of a psalm where it says that those who fear the Lord lack no good thing. You know, they lack no good thing. God doesn't want us to not have what we need. Now, sometimes we won't have what we need for various reasons. But one thing I want to point out is complacency will keep us from having what we need. Because instead of moving into the place that God wants us to go, we'll just stay in our place of contentment, in our place of comfort. And that's not okay. So Proverbs 1 and 32 says, For the waywardness of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. Well, when you look up this scripture in the King James Version, it says the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. And the word prosperity there is Shalva. I cannot say Hebrew, so please forgive me if I butchered it. It means quietness, ease, and prosperity. It's like preferring ease in every circumstance that you're in, preferring limited discomfort, in every circumstance that you're in, preferring to live without any difficulties, without any effort, among other things, will cause us to get into that place of complacency and will eventually cause us to miss out on what God wants for us. And in a sense, it will destroy us. It will destroy the life that he really created for us. Now, sometimes in life, you will limbo between complacency and contentment. Contentment, on the other hand, is a good thing. There's a scripture that's coming to mind. First Timothy chapter 6 verses 6 it says but godliness with contentment is great gain complacency and contentment are two different things contentment is you saying that I see where I am right now I know where I want to go and I know this is not a part of my identity I'm going to accept where I am I'm going to work
work to get to where I want to go. But again, I know that where I am, it's not a part of my identity. Complacency is seeing where you are and saying, I'm okay with it. I'm accepting this as my identity. And that is not okay. The Apostle Paul, I love one of his scriptures in the book of Philippians. And most people will teach kids this scripture in church because it's super easy. <laughs> Out of Philippians chapter 4, verses 13, it says, let's see here. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We know that scripture, right? But before he made that statement in that scripture, he talked about not having enough. And he talked about being content. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 10, I'll start right there. It says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstance. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. And I just read that in the NIV version. Regardless of what he went through, he was able to be content, but he didn't take ownership and say that this is what it's going to be like. And when he spoke to people, he encouraged them to have the fullness of whatever God created them for. You know, when he wrote all of the different books and the New Testament, Apostle Paul wrote almost half of the letters in the New Testament. When he wrote, he wrote encouraging them to live lives worthy of the calling, worthy of the vocation that God created them for. He wrote to them encouraging them to live up to the sonship that God called them into. He wrote to them exhorting them to do that. So all in all, I'm going to close this broadcast with lack is not your identity. Anything below the level of life God created you for may be a position you are currently in, but God never called us to have lack as our identity. When God created man and gave the initial command to Adam on what to do, he told man to take dominion over the earth. Okay, so Father, I just thank you for who you are, God. I thank you that you hold the whole world in your hands, Father. You even hold us in your hands, God. And Jesus said that when any man is in your hand, nothing can snatch them out. Father, I thank you for that promise that we are in your hands, God. And we know that when we are with you, everything that we have will be met. Father, every need, God, every concern, our emotional health is complete. Our physical health is complete, God. Our financial needs are complete, Father. So we just call on you as dad today, God. We just call on you as father, the one who lacks nothing, God. We say that we honor you, we bless you, and we thank you for every ounce of provision that you're giving us to live the life that you've created us to live, Father. And we also thank you in advance for giving us the grace to endure situations that we may be in. And Father, also your wisdom. And when I say grace, I'm talking about the favor and I'm also talking about the power, the supernatural strength of God. We also thank you for your wisdom and giving us the fruit of the Spirit, teaching us discipline, Father, teaching us patience, God, teaching us joy, teaching us to be joyful in all things, Father, and teaching us to be as the Apostle Paul, not taking on lack as an identity, Father, but saying that through everything we experience, we learn to be content, and we learn that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. I honor you. I bless you. I thank you for these people that are on here, Father. I thank you for meeting each and every one of their individual prayers and petitions, Father. I thank 
thank you for your promise and your word that says if we seek you first, God, your kingdom and your righteousness, every need that we have will be taken care of, Father. I thank you that you don't only desire, God, to meet our needs, Father, but you desire to give us an abundance, God. You desire to give us a surplus, Father. I thank you for causing our hearts to turn to you, Father. I thank you for causing our hearts to turn to you, God. And as our hearts turn to you, Father, you will make our lives better, God. You will get us to the place that you desire for us to be, Father. I thank you that we're not going to get caught up in our past, Father. I thank you that we're not even going to get caught up so much in the future, God, but that we're just going to get caught up in you, Father, and we're going to trust you daily. We just cast down anxiety, Father, any anxiousness, Father, any anxiety, we just bring it down, Father. And I thank you for releasing your peace, God. I feel your peace that surpasses all understanding, Father. I honor you. I love you. And just be with them. Be with them so strongly, Holy Spirit, for the rest of the day. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Okay, so I'm out of here. I love you all. Thank you for allowing me to share it. And yeah, you guys are amazing. And God is too. Bye. Now that got me. Talk about that prayer that Lola just prayed. I need to hear that daily, for real. Before we go, here's a free resource for you. Because the Smoking Prophet is here to help you do life better, here's five tips to help you get into a better place financially. And take control of your money at any income level. I share some actionable inspiration to help you get control of your money fast through a flexible and creative plan. Look into today's episode description for the link. And until next time, have an amazing life.